For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Good morning. I hope you are having a good Thursday morning so far. I am Andrea Foster here with Deanna Batdorf, who is an extraordinary Ayurvedic practitioner and a formulator. And we are here to answer your questions We're excited to have you joining us. Make sure that you are entering your questions in the chat and Deanna can review them and give you some awesome answers. But how are you doing today, Deanna? I'm doing pretty good. My life has changed very drastically and has not changed at all. (laughs) All in one (laughs) big swoop. (laughs) So I am in a very interesting breathing moment of time, but I'm continuing on my journey it's important for people to know and they ask me anything there could also be some interesting business questions Mm, so mm -hmm. you know like I'm good at what's your niche or like how do you market something and not step on somebody else's toes how do you think about your community as you develop yourself in a community and how do you build community as a healthy business which is fair practice but I actually know so much about that with the Deanna Center (laughs) that I'm excited to see where that takes me in the next part of my life and world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm certainly not stopping. I'm still seeing clients and I am also doing remote telehealth. And I have something really exciting coming up. (laughs) I'm going to be doing tongue assessments, which I do in the My Body Mapping course. I'm doing them right Mm -hmm. now. I'm like looking at tongues. It's fascinating. Tongues on a picture. And I'm just going through and diving into your doors of perception, my instincts, and the map of the tongue. All your organs are there. Your tongue tells you everything. The shape tells you, the color tells you, the texture tells you, the coating tells you, and the cracks. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that can be read there in this very intimate, pleasure-related space. We feel best when it's hydrated. And it's one of those things that shows we want to be hydrated because when we're not hydrated in here, things don't taste as good, feel so good, sound is good, you know, things Mm -hmm. are harder. And so we're going to be designing and we are designing a tongue assessment program. So you can send in your picture and it guides you through it. And then I personally read your tongue 
And I can even back it up with a custom blend formula. So I'm hoping people are going to use that or buy that as a bundle, get their tongue assessment. And like, I'll tell you about food and remedies. And like, I give advice, not just read it. And then you can bundle it with a custom blend <laughs> and you'd be able to then have me create a formula for you because that's another thing I offer which is custom formulations. Just did one this morning and I did one two days ago and I did one a day before that. Listening to people's questionnaires and sinking into what's being said according to those questions and letting all those plants come forward and speak to me and come into my ears or my nose or my taste. And all of a sudden I'm like, ah, oh, going to one of our questions today. Ah, oh, cardamom just came into my space. Fennel just mm -hmm. came into my space. And then I can look at them and say, cardamom, what do you have to offer here? Fennel, what do you have to offer here? How much of you are you offering up, which is dosage? And how do you want to be utilized? Do you want to go in a scrub? Do you want to go straight on the skin? Do you want to go in as a tea? Do you want to go into the food? And I let those plants speak to me as I'm listening to you. And I make up these beautiful custom formulas. And if you don't know this, but a formula in essential oils really should be psychoaromatic. So they should have some emotional components and they should take you somewhere in your nose and your limbic brain where we store memory and emotions. Closest thing connected to the old faction bulb of your nose is our memory. Smell and memory are literally just like right here. I invite everyone. I'm just excited because my work has become very intimate. And so the people I'm working with, it's, it's a little bit more of an intimate experience, even if it's not all in person which is very interesting to feel the intimacy of the ethers. I didn't think I could be intimate there, to be honest. That's why I was avoiding video or doing that kind of thing. And I really can't use the word avoiding because now I look back and I'm like, Ooh, that was avoiding. Yeah. Cause I actually like it. There's a lot of intuition in the ethers. That's where it comes from. You just have to kind of have slightly different perception. That's right. But well, I love my work here. She is in your body mapping class, as you know, and she was saying that her tongue reading was so informative. <laughs> I'm so glad. It's weird going in blind, you know, but not blind because I know the map and I have my instinct and I've read a lot of them, but it is interesting to not know someone. And then I'm just looking at their tongue and then having to intuit and intellectually put my truth out there, which may not always be perfectly accurate and might lead you down somewhere else. Sometimes it's an opportunity to say, no, that's not me, which I still think is an opportunity if you take it. But I'm glad that I was able to read Martha's tongue. And I've been getting great feedback in the My Body Mapping course where people are like, OMG, this is awesome. How could you know that? This is so fascinating. And I'm like, well, we are maps. That's a very important part of it. I'll be teaching some tongue assessment and some face assessment also in the Birth Alchemy course. You don't have to identify as a woman to take that course, by the way. We invite everyone to that course, learning about a human body and being able to carry another body and bring another body into the world from a body is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. That really shouldn't just be just women, <laughs> you know, or right. just men or anything. I mean, we're so much broader and bigger than that as yeah. humans. Yeah. And so I'm just wanting everyone to know that the birth alchemy course will do a lot of tracking. And yes, it's about women's health, womb health, really, I should say, and the female reproductive. But we will be looking at all kinds of things like how do you read the tongue in that 
category of fertility or labor? How do you do these things in the concept of fertility and pregnancy? Mm-hmm. And anything goes in that. Look at how dynamic family units are. Yeah, I think it would be amazing if every human that is present at that birth is tuned in on the same wavelength. The partner of the birther, they are part of that birth. And to have a greater understanding of what that birth rhythm is, it enables them to sink in with it even better. That's right. Yeah. And that's what makes it so potent and powerful. Diana Essentials products are organic, small batch, high quality self-care body products, as well as herbs and spices that deliver powerful food as medicine. Find them on dianaessentials.com today. So Martha actually has questions she'd sent in yesterday, and she'd love to hear more about a, a couple of friends you were talking about earlier, cardamom and fennel essential oil. Mm-hmm. This is a great one. And thank you, Martha. Let's talk about these. And you asked essential oils specifically. So I'm going to stay on topic more than it as spice. I do want to make a mention though, that essential oils have a little bit different chemistry than spices do. When you have fiber and plant matter, you have a different form of chemistry, whereas in essential oils, they're actually not oils at all. They're volatile gases. That's why if you leave the lid off, they'll evaporate. And that's why you need a special cap to keep them secured in the bottle. You need a orifice reducer, or you need like what's called a polycone cap. And that actually keeps all those gases secured down into the bottle. Otherwise they would seep out and evaporate. So This is one thing to know about essential oils. And they're a different chemistry. They're based on organic chemistry. All chemistry is based on north, south, east, west. Takes us back to the elements. Chemistry is elemental. Cold, hot, wet, dry. That makes up our four seasons also. All of this is how chemistry really gives a property and function to a plant. And I don't want us to forget that that we're using chemistry. Just as they use chemistry to make a medication, we have chemistry that makes a plant and is provided by the plant. And they're often very, very similar. In fact, organic chemistry, you could have phenols in ibuprofen and you also have phenols in willow bark, which is how the starting of aspirin and all of those painkillers kind of started from that. So I'm just kind of putting that out there because when you work with essential oils and we'll get to fennel cardamom, you need to know that you have to respect the drop. And one drop is like a serious potent hit of medicine that is driving straight in through your skin and transdermally making it to your bloodstream. So you're getting medicine into your bloodstream very quickly and you can detect it on your breath about 10 minutes later, some of them sooner. And so we just need to know that dosaging is gonna be very different. Let's talk about fennel first. Fennel is a two drop a day essential oil if you're gonna use it long-term, that's pretty low. So if you're overusing fennel, it is gonna stimulate and dry you out, which is very, very unfortunate because that's with overuse. And if you used it properly, it is actually very good for building flora and hydrating and satiating the kidneys, which are the oceans of the body. But the kidneys can only process so many essential oils and eventually it'll start going into a little trauma 
adrenaline response and you'll start losing your water count. So you really want two drops a day. Now, why would I use fennel essential oil? Bones, amazing bone health, potassium, calcium, magnesium, perfect, perfect amount. And I'm not into people taking calcium with bone issues. I'm into vitamin D3, you know, I'm into magnesium, I'm into electrolytes, but I'm not into people taking calcium. It's very hard to digest and you need to make sure you have all the things you need to digest with. And that's the beauty of fennel is it has all of those components for bone health. And it's also an alkalizer for, it's called a carminative, which helps with gas and air pockets and bubbles in the gut. So you can use it just one little smudge or a drop in the belly button after a meal that just feels like it is going nowhere. Fennel is a brilliant one to even just do a little smudge in the belly button. Cardamom's gonna play out that way too, as does coriander. So all of them are considered carminative, helping with excess gases. And hello, what's the components of chai? Fennel, coriander, and cardamom. <laughs> Black tea changes things, the sugar changes things, but if you make a clean chai, meaning no stimulant, no sugar, it was based on a digestive, a daily digestive for keeping all the gases moving and cutting through the grease of the food. It is a high fat diet because they live in very hot environments and they need to stay more protected and they need fat to burn off for the amount of work load that they take on for their bodies in India. And so this was the thing that kind of kept it all churning and moving and digesting and breaking down. And so I think of it as stomach, small intestine specific, both fennel and cardamom. But fennel has this bone health and we'll talk about cardamom in a minute because it's not really that. Fennel's got the gut, it's cooling, it's considered nourishing, it is good for kidney and it's good for bones and hydration. And that would be kind of the main reasons I'd be seeking out fennel. I do avoid fennel essential oil in a particular place with a particular person in the world, which is the person who has any estrogen dominant cancer or high estrogen issues. So if there's high estrogen issues or you have that gene I don't think fennel is going to like cause cancers. I could never say that about a plant that is so incredibly tonic and good for everyday use. But if you used it every single day in high dose, there is a chance that it would elevate your estrogen and activate those cells. So there's just something to be said. Fennel is super, super mild, but I still put it in that category because we know it's there. And I just think it's important to think about those things when I'm with an individual who's trying to do the best they can to not aggravate their estrogen. But do I think it's going to just raise your estrogen because you used it here or there? No, it's mild, but good to know. Cardamom does not have that at all. So we don't have to think about that at all. It's an endocrine regulator. It has no hormonal value whatsoever, but it is a glandular endocrine regulator. So I use it for like keeping everything churning and getting all those endocrine glands working together as a unit. And cardamom is stomach digestion to blood, to heart, to liver, to heart. So when I think of cardamom, I literally think of like stomach, small intestine, breaking the blood barrier, cardiovascular, heart support, lung support, liver support, because lung 
heart and liver all are about blood supply, either making it liver or pumping it throughout and cycling it through heart and lungs, both. So this is a great body tonic. Like I, I think cardamom is probably one of my longest standing absolute allies that I just use on the regular, 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 but I'm about chewing the seeds. So we'll talk about the essential oil. I'm more about chewing those seeds and, and using it for just kind of keeping all of my blood and all of my vital organ in a tonic working together state. A teaspoon a day, put a cute little bowl out and you just keep noshing on them. We get addicted to them when we're in India on tour because they give you a different kind of smell in your nose versus what you might be smelling on the side of the street. But I think that's all just relative to getting used to what is also. You can get used to that smell if you just face what is. It's a different environment. That environment smells differently. How neutral can you get? But the cardamom, sometimes it gets to you and you're like, I need a little something, something. So that's that. Cardamom essential oil, you can do up to four drops a day. It's another one of those that like, you just don't need a lot for it to do its job. It's not gonna dry you out real quick. It's not gonna throw your body off, but you just don't need that much. It's a mid-range essential oil price. So you wanna be happy, it's four drops. And I use cardamom essential oil, not daily, daily, daily. I use it as needed. So it's my, ooh, I feel funky. I said that about fennel, but my go-to is cardamom because it also just smells so good to me and the smell and it just kind of gets everything cycling and tonifying and kind of like flushing out what you don't need and getting back to your center self. And it is an antispasmodic. So it also drops out the psoas as it calms down the intestines. So that's really cool. But I'm an as needed and I might even do one drop in my belly button because I feel all bloated. And if that works, I just stop there. Sometimes I'll go out for another drop and another one in the morning and then pretty much works from there. And then I put it in almost every heart tonic I make. So the moment somebody has a heart condition or a clogged artery, or they're even worried genetically, a lot of people have heart conditions. It is still the number one rated death in America is heart disease. I mean, number one, we think cancer, you know, we think of all kinds of other things. It is still the number one. And women are higher percentage now than men, actually. Hearts have to be thought of, and we don't think about our hearts. We think about them emotionally, maybe, but this could be a great heart tonic. And I'll even give you a little remedy here. Rosemary, black pepper, and cardamom essential oil. And you do one black pepper. It's very different in essential oil than you're thinking as a spice. One drop black pepper, two drops rosemary, three drops cardamom. And that's a daily dose. You just do that like in the morning because those are all a little more invigorating. I wouldn't go to bed with that. I would say that's a daily tonic for heart. And then if you actually have a heart condition, well, then you might want to more get a custom blend or get something specific, but that could help any heart. That's the heart tonic I make. That's kind of the starting point for anybody or genetically just wanting something. So you're being preventive. And I would put that on varicose veins, which are heart related and blood related. I would use that with low or high blood pressure and it wouldn't affect it, just so you know. 
But so yeah. how are you using these oils? Are you putting Our them like that? I would just put those and black pepper is not going to burn your skin. Those can go straight on the skin and you could just put it right on your heart and go on about your day. Go take your morning walk because that's the perfect time to do it is like put that on there and then go and move your blood. And what about fennel oil for bone health? Bone, I would probably think about what bones seem the weakest to you and I would just apply accordingly. I'm going to be honest with essential oils. It doesn't matter where you put them because they're going in your bloodstream. Some people, the smell bothers them. So I have them put them on their feet. So it's mm. furthest away. But I'm going to say if you have hip problems, they go on your hips. If you have elbow issues or knee issues, they go there. And it's more an intention. Plus you're getting medicine directly in that region. And then it can move through your bloodstream from there. You get to go a direct as long as the essential oils aren't going to burn your skin. The ones we're talking about will not, but there are other ones that will. So you just need to be educated. Otherwise, the way to start out, same idea. How do I put this on? Put a little salve or oil on your hand. Put your drops in the salve and oil and make it an oil rub because oilination is typical for morning time anyway. That's great. And then just to touch on the herbal companions to cardamom and fennel essential oil, if you can just briefly talk about how, I mean, you mentioned cardamom and I'm assuming you're popping the seeds out of the pot and you're chewing the seeds directly. Yeah. And we actually sell the seeds decorded, which is what they're called. You're just buying the seeds and that's the way to go. And then, you know, they're the like true black seeds. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but if you've cracked open a whole bunch of cardamom pods, there's going to be quite a few of them that are white seeds and those are considered like dead. You're looking for that mm -hmm. dark brown seed. And when they're decorted, they have to sell them in that high quality and they have to separate the quality because they can't put a bunch of white seeds in there because you can see them in, in right. a package. So you know mm -hmm. you're getting primos, whereas the pods, you're going with a little bit of luck and that's just the truth. I sell pods too, but that's the truth. It's more about getting the decorded just seeds themselves and you're just scooping out a teaspoon and put them in a cute little bowl and just really chew them around. They are kind of hard. So, I mean, suck on them because they get slippery and silky. Mm. And then you realize how nourishing cardamom is. It's warming, not pit to hot. It's warming, stimulating, nourishing. And that's the beauty of cardamom is super nourishing. And it's more nourishing than fennel. You can tell because put a fennel seed in your mouth makes you salivate, but it doesn't make liquid itself. You put cardamom seed in your mouth. It is getting slippery and sliding around and making mucus. It's good mucus, healthy flora building mucus, but they're super nourishing on their own. So fennel has higher enzymes to get the salivary glands to work, more enzymatic. And cardamom is a little bit more nourishing and stimulating and warming to get the blood flow. Those would be the two differences. That is great. Would you like to study Ayurveda and elemental theory with Deanna? Check out My Body Educational Programs on our website, dianaessentials.com. Looks like we've got Kyra here and Adrian Hi, is here. Kyra did wonder about your thoughts and insights on the COVID vaccine, especially around autonomy around autonomy, like in the concept of everybody gets to choose whether they want to do it or not. Right. I mean, it is kind of a tricky 
Concept. I mean, that's my um, primary place where I'm going to keep standing in the conversation. I'm not the most educated person on the vaccine. I'm not driven to that research. I don't know that I can even trust the research on either side because it's very much trying to convince on both sides. So I don't usually research things that I can't really get a true value out of, but I also don't research or do things that I don't believe in, like don't give me a hundred percent. And so that's kind of where I've stood on the vaccine is it's just extremely personal and yes, autonomy. I think everyone needs to chill out and let everybody decide what they want to decide. Like, I'm sorry. I think there's so many ways to look at it. I can look at it in many of the ways that I'm not focusing on and be like, ooh, that's a really good point. I can look on both sides, be like, ooh, super good point, super good point, super good point. Oh, really good point. I can see both sides. And then it's weighing out where do you stand and what's true to you and what feels right for you. I'm not standing in any one place. I can only speak to my own personal self and what I think is kind of going on here. So when I think of autonomy, I don't know what you're quite going for, Kyra, but I think you're speaking of what I am speaking of, which is like everybody gets to decide and everyone needs to calm down and stop trying to convince one way or the other and let everybody be. And I'm sorry, but that's what I think on many, 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 many conversations in the world right now. I think there's too much my way or the highway and we're actually breaking friendships and we're talking about people and there's gossip and conversations that I think have gotten extremely convoluted and extremely third, fourth, fifth, 10th party out. And I think it's very inappropriate and it's breaking up communities. I think it's breaking up communities and it's not worth it. And everyone should just be okay with whatever anybody feels safe with and wants to choose. We do have personal choice. I just think there's so many ways to look at it. So I've had a really hard time weighing the options because I see both sides so well. It's been a hard one, really hard one. And I think it's hard for many. When I think of autonomy, I think everybody needs to chill out and let everybody do what they want. And let's see where we land from there. And let's even see what this looks like six months, year out, two years out. I think there's going to be complications on both sides too. And then there's going to be other things to weigh out. It's not even like a great decision to make. I think there's still issues that we're going to be facing down the line, no matter what decision somebody makes with vaccination right now. And then I'm just going to have to live with the decision I've made. And somebody else is going to have to live with the decision they made. And I'm sure there's people out there that hopefully are here because they like me and they may not like hearing this. And I'm, and I can only give you my truth. It's all I got. And I trust it for me and everyone has to figure out what they want to trust for them, but won't see someone because they are vaccinated. Won't see someone because they aren't vaccinated. Can't go over to somebody's because they are, because they aren't, because they are, because they aren't. I'm like, come on, this isn't really helping our community base to gather around and, or maybe it is, I believe in change too. Like <laughs> what if this is all of the things that need to happen? So everybody knows who their people are, because we're going to be going to old style community building here. If this keeps going the way it's going, we're going to mm -hmm. need small homesteading communities everywhere. And we're going to need to know who we're in community with. So maybe the divide is 
somehow necessary. I'm having a hard time with that concept, but maybe the divide is somewhat necessary for everyone to know where they stand a little bit more in truth. But I like to think communities are broader than like, we are this all of us and we are this all of us. Like, that's not how I want to be in community. Mm -hmm. I'm about Mm -hmm. humans, all kinds of them (laughs) from all walks of life. Explore, Mm -hmm. explore, explore. You never know when you might change your mind. I've had people change my mind who have come through my life and they've totally changed my mind on a way I was thinking. Because, you know, we get to change our mind too when something looks different or has a different value or you grow into it. So we also Mm -hmm. get to change our mind. Yeah. Speaking of community, you're going to be teaching at the online NorCal Women's Herbal Symposium. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you're going to be teaching there? Yes, we'll be doing the Zoomposium since we are Mm -hmm. not in person doing the Women's Herbal Symposium. And I'm doing chest and breast care. And it's a lymphatic journey. So I'm going to be teaching everything you need to know about the lymph from like beginning to the end, like literally what are lymph vessels, what are nodes, what are immunoglobulins, what do the B and T cells do? Like it's a really fascinating, fascinating system, which is also called the immune system. So what a good time to know about our immune system, whether you're vaccinated or not you need to keep your lymph river moving. We needed to move it even before this. There's no reason we should not be moving it even more actively now because our immune systems have to adjust or they're going to have to be up against still a virus. So we have to know about this immune system, the lymphatic river of life. And then I'll be relating it specifically to breast and chest care and really looking at like, how do you do a breast check? How do we pick up our breasts and like really look around and what are we looking for? And how do you know a lymph node from something else that you might be looking for to get in early detection? Like what's the difference between a cancer lumps? I'm not a doctor. I just have touched thousands and thousands of breasts and made it my duty to know about my own. And there's just lymph surrounding it. And it's right at the drain of the lymph. And then I'm kind of like, man, the chest, the breasts are right there. And then I'm all about touch and love and respecting yourself and no shame and deep pleasure. And that is just my thing that I think we all should be sharing as humans. That's what made this class start happening. I started teaching this and doing breast checks at the women's symposium some like 15 years ago. I've been doing it ever since. I've been going to the symposium for over 26 years of my life. It has changed my life and many other humans' lives and been a beautiful women's community. And it's broadened into a more diverse world of what that is too. And I appreciate that. And that's why I'm really looking more at chests and breasts because, you know, some people lose their breasts. Some people don't relate Mm. to their breasts. Some people don't have a lot of breast tissue. And so they have more of a chest. I'm going a little bit broader this time, but we got to touch ourselves and we got to know what we're looking for. And I have found abnormal lumps in chests and I have found abnormal lumps in breasts. And for the most part, 80% of the time with what I can do in my own little personal research, literally 80% of the time, it is a lymph node that's clogged or something that's dammed up in that river and it needs to move. And, and, you know, I teach you how to move it and how to use a gua sha and just how do you use it as a detective and a tenderizer. 
And most of those things will change and shift. And then you know that it wasn't a scary lump at all. And then the ones that won't shift and won't change, and we'll talk about those. And what do we do? And how do we know? But I'm super excited. I've been teaching it forever, and I'm still excited to think about that class. But please join me. It'll be beautiful. Special thanks for the music and talents of Gents Jarvie. You can hear him on Spotify or on his website, J-E-N-S-J-A-R-V-I-E and theheartwideopen.com. And in the spirit of the Herbal Symposium, what plants are uh, popping for you right now in your backyard? Oh boy. Okay. Well, my hot lip salvia is like going off and it is so beautiful with its cute little sexy little red and white flowers all. I looked it up online last year because I was like, I know this is a salvia, but I don't know this salvia. And I finally looked it up and it was called hot lips. It is so hot lips salvia. I love that one. So if you live in Occidental or a colder region, just want you to know this plant loves the yard. It doesn't care about the redwood needles. It doesn't care about all the roots in the ground. It doesn't care that it gets colder. It just lives year round. I have this plant here year round. It's so much mm. fun, but the little flowers are all like, wow. My honeysuckle, I'm staring at my honeysuckle, which is making me so happy because I just got two new bee boxes. And mm. I know that I'm going to primarily be having probably honeysuckle honey because that'll be the most prolific flower that is high pollen in my yard. So I know that's going to be the primary makeup of my honey, but it is smelling good. I went outside this morning and it was all dewy and I could immediately smell the sweetness of the honeysuckle. And I was like, oh, it has such a long season. It's just really, really wonderful. But yeah. I've got lots going on in this yard. I've got my foxgloves, which are so nourishing for the kidneys. Mm. Foxglove is so good. Most people just let it flower like crazy. And then they're just like, okay, it'll come back next year. They do kind of a one rotation thing and make another one next to it. But people forget to harvest the leaf and dry it and use it in teas. And it is anti-inflammatory. It's cooling and it's Mm. nourishing. It's a lot like comfrey to me, even though it's a different leaf shape and it doesn't have the same pricklies, but that same kind of cooling, minerally, high mineral, magnesium, nourishing tea. It is slightly salty when you taste that leaf. So, you know, there's some electrolytes. You want to taste the salt. And usually the more water content in a leaf, the more salty the leaf is going to taste. You don't want to just taste bitter and stop there. We have layers of flavors. So you might taste, you know, bitter and then sweet on the end or bitter salty, but the saltier, the more nourishing that plant is. So you want to pay attention to how that plays out. The drier the plant is like rosemary, it's not hydrating. It's more about moving fluid. So it's drying you out when you have too much kapha wet. And that lemon balm, you know, or that foxglove or my comfrey, those are all like wet and juicy and then you squeeze them and you get liquid out of them. Guess what? Hydrating. And they're more salty to the taste. So you're going to get more electrolytes out of those. You want to be able to look at your plants that way. That salvia is more peppery and it makes Mm -hmm. red flowers and it's a more spicy, peppery salvia. My California white sage 
makes a pure white little flower. You taste that and, you know, it's got a whole different kind of bitter profile that shows how cooling it is. So you just really want to look at like, what color is that flower and what color does that represent? I mean, things that are red are hot. Things Mm -hmm. that are white are cool. Things that are yellow are down the middle. Just like the core is solar plexus, yellow chakra, right Mm -hmm. down the middle, a little warm and purple. I mean, hello, purple, blue. What do you think? Mm, Pretty cooling. Mm -hmm. Pretty cooling. You really want to let your plants speak to you and they'll tell you what they do. If you're willing to look a little deeper into the hot, cold, wet, dry, they'll tell you their terrain and their dynamics. That's amazing. Any of those plants good for the labor process or the birth journey? Well, mint and lemon balm are my go-tos in my water daily. And they're my go-tos for pregnancy. And I mentioned that in the birthers can do it class with Terry Simmons last week, just how valuable lemon balm for the nervous system and how valuable mint for kind of cooling and helping the stomach keep its digestibility as a womb is sharing space with that cavity. Yeah. How important it is to keep things down and moving and tonifying. So lemon balm and mint are just like way up there for me on a daily. They Mm -hmm. make a beautiful sun tea, but you can also just give them a little bruise and put them in your water. And you're going to have this beautiful flavor water all day. For being a hydration queen, I have a hard time drinking my water. I have been called out many a times for like, excuse me, you've been teaching three hours and you didn't even touch your water yet. So just because I teach it doesn't mean I like, I'm really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually know I have to keep it in mind all the time, just like anyone else, but I need flavor in my water. Mm -hmm. That is so notorious of Pitta's. Something doesn't taste good. I'm like, 10 day challenge, go through the bad taste, like aloe. In, and then if it works for you, well, then Pitta's in, but you give them something that tastes good, you know, water's boring. I need some flavor in there or like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to that glass for, mm-hmm. even if I know mm-hmm. what I'm going to that glass for. So I think those are some of the things that are just fresh in your yard that you may not be looking around and saying, hmm, I'm allowed to put that in my water like lavender. Mm-hmm. Or like yesterday, I crushed up evening primrose flowers. I have evening primrose flowers and borage flowers. And I have a tiny garden. And I got all this stuff just in this tiny little spot. But I took borage and evening primrose flowers and I muddled them and made a little paste. And then I added that in my water with salt because I just felt like I needed a little bit more nourishing. Mm. Yesterday, I was definitely having more of a grappling with like, but there was nothing I really could do, but... I was having one of those days. And so that's what I did to feel like I was connected to the truth. And so I was like, I need flowers. I need love. I need some just sweet Mm. love. And so I went out and got my evening primrose and my borage and put in my salt. And then I just made myself a big half gallon of water and I made my beautiful water. And then I made sure I drink it before dinner. Just sip, sip, sip. Remember, you don't want to guzzle your water down. You kind of throw off your fire in your Mm -hmm. stomach. You want to sip, 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 sip. Every once in a while, I want a good little guzzle. Okay. And I'm mentioning this because hopefully there's other people like me out there. I've had to not only learn to drink my water, but I've had to learn to give just enough that my cells can absorb and my stomach can handle. 
mm-hmm. and, and go from there. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I think we're about at time. I want to thank everybody who has been watching and talking on the chat. It's really great to see everybody. Just a reminder, you can get really amazing products. You can get Deanna's custom blends. You can get her brain working on your situation to make an oil for you. So please look on our website for that. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to see what we're up to all the time. And if you like this video, make sure that you like it, subscribe and turn on notifications so that you'll uh, know exactly when Deanna's back again in two weeks. Any closing remarks for us, Deanna? Nope. I think just everyone stay tuned. There's some beautiful things happening. All right. Thanks so much. It's wonderful to see you all. Take care. Adios. This is My Body, a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts, and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.